Welcome to the Hopecast. We're glad you're joining us this week. Here we have conversations about finding life. Hopecast. This is Nicole. I didn't say and because every time I do, you start laughing. So I do. It's just sort of fun. But you know what? It's it's now sort of part of part of what it's part of what we do. I think is coming. So. How we start? Well, we are looking forward to today and talking what a little if you bit. Said, what you know? I'm trying to think of other words that kind of come in the same bundle with and. <laughs> in my like, my brain if, was like, I should start this differently. What <laughs> if the word was but? But uh, we're back. back. <laughs> Still here. Uh, no, I'm I was I was thinking about some other podcasts where they give you a little teaser about like what the content's about. But I'm right. like, we don't do that. We just say and hope you're looking forward to the next 15 minutes. <laughs> anyway, no, I do have a question for you though today because mm-hmm. we've been jumping right in on our last few, like really okay. getting to it. And I'm thinking, yeah. no, let's let's uh, slow down for a second. Okay. And. My question is, and I'm, I cannot think of the answer for myself yeah, right at the I'm moment. Like so I might I have, have to, to give you time. Really I know. What is something that you find surprisingly meaningful that's maybe just like a little thing that you wouldn't necessarily call meaningful, but for you it is? Well, one, one sense, I, th- I think my answer is easy, but I don't know if I'm kind of getting at what you're asking about. Um, I got a handwritten thank you note from somebody recently and, um, I have never received a handwritten thank you note in the context Mm. of the, like the reason the person wrote it. Um, and the fact that I got a handwritten thank you note from this person, it, it just totally got my attention. So one thing was because in that context, it had never happened before, right? Correct. But then I'm assuming more than that. I mean, that made it, that got your attention, but. Right. Yeah, I, I would say, um, you know, to write a note takes time. Um, for me, like I write a fair amount of handwritten notes. That's another story. But the handwriting part isn't the time consuming right. part. It's kind of the sitting down at the desk. It's it's getting the stationery out, and then usually it's finding the address, addressing the envelope, <laughs> thinking the same putting thing. a stamp on the envelope. Most of the time, getting the address requires a little bit of looking. Right. You know, it's not like readily available, so you got to do a little bit of search effort. And um, so, a handwritten note that is genuine and sincere. I don't know. You know, we talk a lot about right. love languages. Like it, it, it means a lot to me. Well, it's interesting because now a handwritten note is a choice. It's an intentional set of choices that a person's making because As compared to they other have options. access to right. They have access to every free, instantaneous mm-hmm. communication method. If mm-hmm. the person's in your life, I mean. Mm-hmm. As we talk about this, if you're a person, you know, you can find an email, you can find social media, you can find it if you know them via text, you can. Mm -hmm. So you have to make multiple choices of saying, like, I am choosing to intentionally make this Mm -hmm. harder on myself Mm -hmm. for the purposes of whatever Mm -hmm. sincerity, meaning. So it, it like I find handwritten notes so meaningful as well, probably for that, for kind of some of those same reasons. Yeah, it's, it's powerful. And there's something to like, I don't know why. Um, there's something 
that feels like a direct connection, a more direct connection mm-hmm. to the person. Like some people are going to say, that sounds so weird. But like if you wrote a handwritten note, your hand, your your actual hand was moving over on top mm-hmm. of that paper when you wrote it. The ink and the pen was in your hand and you wrote it. Where this is taking me is a few years ago, um, I was in someone's house and they had an original George Washington written letter. Hmm. And it was framed and it's on the wall in their house. It's not a copy. It's not a reproduction. It's not something they bought at the museum. It is the letter that George Washington wrote. And I'm like, George Washington. Could you read it? I, it, like, was I, it, it was did, a military letter. It was it was a letter that he had written to a colonel, and it was a military letter. It was about troop movements. Okay, but it was dis, it was legible and oh, discernible. Oh, very legible, yeah. very legible. And the person had it on framed in the wall, and you know, in the shade of their house is mm-hmm. not where it's going to get sun or anything like that. It was very legible, and he, if I remember this correctly, he signed his name, and it usually was G E O. Okay, he never wrote out George. Okay. It was, it, it, and I've seen copies of letters, and I think it's almost always GEO Washington. Um, but I'm like, wait, wait, you know what? George Washington's DNA is on that mm, piece of paper. Yeah. George Washington, <laughs> his DNA is in that frame right there. That's true. Yeah. Um, so that's getting really ethereal about something. Um, you really, you really I, helped I, us I, off on the I sometimes of that. have a knack for getting deep in the rabbit hole. <laughs> You know, I was thinking my answer for that one is probably has similar shades of like why, but being served a meal in someone's home that they've made. Mm-hmm. I just think the effort to get that goes into that, the hospitality, mm-hmm. it's just not that common. Um, you know, for whatever reason, it's not common, but right. it's so many. I can think of the last time that I was in someone's home where they like served uh-huh. a group of people food. And it's just, it's. So you're, you're like in the warmth of someone's home. That's a little different than mm-hmm. a restaurant because you've been in restaurants. Sure. And obviously somebody else made it, but it's different because you're in the warmth of somebody's home. But you're like, I'm eating a nice meal in a home, and I didn't have to <laughs> you know, do that's it. That's part of it, for sure, <laughs> that I didn't have to do it. But I think it's the family feel, too. You know, I think our culture is is increasingly disjointed in the sense of uh, what it means to be in homes together. And so there is a feel like when you step into someone's home, you're really stepping into their family zone, you know, and it's vulnerable to have people in your house because they see how you live and that, you know, your kids are running around or whatever the, the thing is that might not seem as put together as the way you can appear in other places. And so do you want me to add another thought or should <laughs> sure. we get into No, the I'm great. This is great. Right, this is hitting this is an all... interesting little place Don't worry. For me right I can now. transition into our topic. This from is this. hitting an interesting <laughs> little reflection point for me right now. And this may sound weird to people and I'm a little insecure sharing it, but it is what it is. So for various reasons, there are occasionally events that have a meal around the event right? Um, where I may be asked, hey, could you come and could you just, people are trying to say, I know that your time is limited. Could you just offer the blessing mm-hmm. for the meal? Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, this kind of invitation happens occasionally. And what I've learned is, and they'll say like no expectation that you stay, right, right? But but something happens there, and it feels to me disingenuous, yeah, to be with people around around the idea of a meal together, to pray, you know, blessing at the meal, 
and then sort of quietly slip out. Yeah. As in, well, he prayed, but he didn't stay and eat with us. This is like a little internal thing. And I'm, and now I'm like, I can't do that. Like when that kind of invitation was unprecedented for me, right. you know, I've never done it before, but now I've done it a few times and I'm like, I, I, I can't do that anymore. If I'm going to pray, I'm going to stay right. and eat. There was something weird and, and disconnected, and maybe I would use the word disingenuous, about expressing your heart in prayer, and when you pray with people, you are connecting yeah. with them, and then there's a meal, but then you're not going to participate well, in that. Well, it's almost like you're like a professional you're like a professional Yeah, like a person. mercenary. Yeah. Well, it's just, it feels like you're going to play play your part, and that's just not how right. the pastoral Right, so I've just works. sort of gotten to the point where if that kind of invitation yeah. is extended, I, I, I will now generally say, well, is it okay if I stay for the meal? Because mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable any longer with just doing the prayer and sort of disappearing. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Okay, way okay. more I'm glad than you, people. I'm really glad way you more than people ask for. I'm so glad that we could all help you work. Yeah, that I'm going to say. You. I think that was for me. <laughs> You're like, I feel that was now. Get, Thanks, that was everyone. me helping getting something off my <laughs> chest, okay, processing good. a little something. <gasps> Thank right. you all so much. You've been so helpful to me. And we want the food if we're going to say the blessing is what we're trying to say. Um, all right, so we are going to make a transition. But on this topic of meaning, um, we want to talk about the me- like what is meaningful in life. Mm. And I think in different seasons of life, this question presents itself, whether you ask yourself, you really understand that you're asking it, or if you just start having some wrestlings or stirrings where you feel like, um, is this all there is, or is there more to life that I'm mm-hmm. missing or what is this supposed to be about? So we want to take a little time to talk um, and maybe just provide some framework of conversation. If that's a place that you find yourself in, I think there's, I think it can come at any time, but particularly at the start of adulthood and maybe mid midlife. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe at empty nest, there's a couple times. And then probably like retirement and older age. And if you're just an angsty person, it could be, you know, like once every two months. It just depends on who you are. But we do know that Or you there's... could be like a philosopher and <laughs> just... not a day goes by that you're not ruminating on the meaning of life. Right, Some right. people are like that. So we basically captured everyone at some point. Right. But so, um, David, you've been thinking about this and we've talked a little bit about you mean giving the meaning those of life? words. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just think that you probably are one of those guys who thinks about that. But what I think we're really saying is what makes life meaningful? Like, yes. what is it that I contribute yes. to a life yes. that is not just money or power or security or whatever the world sort of offers? Right. How do we understand life from a faith perspective? So I've been in and around this topic and this terrain in a handful of conversations recently. And a couple of ways this sort of thing has framed up. One of them has been... Um, accomplishment and intimacy. Okay. Okay. And I think it goes without saying, but just because I want to be sure, when I'm using the word intimacy, I'm talking about um, relationships where there is um, really meaningful, appropriate transparency and honesty and sharing at meaningful levels. I'm not talking about sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about just relational and emotional intimacy appropriate lines and appropriate relationships. Um, Another way to get at that topic is sort of this New Testament idea of knowing and being known, that I think we as human beings have this deep desire to um, know and be known. Mm -hmm. 
And then other words that come with that are things like to be understood. Right. Um, to feel that people know us and understand us and hopefully um, accept us mm-hmm. in that process. So I was talking to one friend about this recently, and he said, well, this reminds me of some teaching I've heard. And the teaching uses the word impact and intimacy. Is it and or is it like versus? Is it impact versus intimacy no, impact or impact and. and? So say more about the accomplishment or impact side. What is What mm-hmm. do you mean by that? Like... All right. So this is thoughts in process for me. This is not, I don't have a lot of good conclusions. It's just a place of consideration right now, but the podcast sort of invites people to join in that. Um, There's a little bit of reflection where I think, and I'm going to speak generally for men because I'm much closer uh, in these types of conversations with a lot of guys and friends with whom I've shared and processed life. Mm -hmm. And I think, generally speaking, as young men, there is this sense of, um, I want to impact the world. I want to, you know, I want to take that mountain. I'm going to knock the world dead. I'm going to, I'm going to accomplish a lot and I'm going to be, there's both virtuous and unvirtuous sides to this. Some of it is, and I'm going to be known and my Mm -hmm. name's going to be recognized and people are going to talk about how incredible I am. Like everything in a fallen world, there there are two sides to the coin. Um, but anyway, as, as you, generally speaking, and there are always exceptions, as younger men, we tend to be driven for accomplishment, mm-hmm. or maybe we can use the word impact. Okay, but somewhere along the line, depending on who you are, what your personality is like, your experiences are like, how your life is framing up. A lot of guys will start saying, is this really what it's about? Right. For some, they actually do accomplish a lot or make a lot of money or whatever rubric you want to put it in. For others, maybe the accomplishments didn't develop in ways that they had hoped. But ironically, it's kind of like either way. Right. A a time begins to come where you start saying, is this really fulfilling? Is this really what it's about? Well, and I would say for, from a women's perspective that may fully agree with everything you said, and they experience life exactly that same way, or just insert a different quote unquote, I'm going to take this mountain and that I'm going to take this mountain might mean I'm going to find the man that I want to marry and I'm going to raise children and I'm going to create this loving home. You can, that sounds more somehow virtuous than I'm going to take this mountain, but it's really the same thing. It's I'm going to accomplish these things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to find love and belonging or, you know, create this home, Mm -hmm. but it's still leads to the same place, Mm -hmm. which is either I got everything I wanted Mm -hmm. and it's not what I thought it would be, Mm -hmm. or life didn't line up the way I wanted. And now life's not what I wanted it to be because it was based on these goals or, you know, visions of what it could be. So I think somewhere along the line, many people begin asking the question, uh, like the, so what question Mm -hmm. is, is this all there is? Is this what it's all about? Is this the top of the mountain? And, um, it's possible that these types of questions begin to sort of come in a midlife season. Mm-hmm. Another way to describe midlife, I think, because I think I'm a bit on the other side <laughs> of it, midlife might be anywhere from like, I'm going to say late 30s to 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not an age bracket per se. That's probably a very broad window. And a lot of uh, when people sort of experience what people call midlife crisis, or at least midlife reflections, 
It's going to depend on what's going on in your life. Sure. So one way to look at this is when we're young, often, not for everybody, life is expanding. Mm -hmm. It's like opportunities are expanding and it's like where you going to go to the next school what's Mm -hmm. what what's the next menu of courses you're going to take in school maybe it's where you're going to go to college Mm -hmm. and even physically you are maturing you're growing stronger and more capable so the whole introductory orientation to life is that it is an expanding experience Mm -hmm. okay and let's say young adults and maybe you're getting married and then maybe you're having kids that whole expanding thing still continues somewhere along the line if those lines which were expanding outward, somewhere along the line, you start to perceive just the teeny slightest mm. bit that those lines are starting to curve in mm-hmm. or straighten up a little bit, you're just noticing, wait, those lines don't look like they're expanding mm-hmm. the same way anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay, that that can be a really challenging time. And I do, I think I've said this before, I think the idea of a midlife crisis is a very valid consideration mm-hmm. in life. I don't dismiss it as some kind of psychological, you know, silliness. I think it's very real. And I actually think if we deeply enter into it, we can come through it with a lot of richness. I think if we're, if we say, oh, that's a bunch of psychobabble, I'm not paying any attention to that. Then I think we risk um, coming through it shallower. Right. So. Well, and you're putting your finger on a dynamic that. If it is true, which I think it is, it's a it's a crucible. It's a complete turning point in the way that you've processed life. So to think of it as not a big deal mm-hmm. is strange. I mean, if you think of your whole life as an expanding set of possibilities or growth, and then you come to a point where the reality is it's not really that anymore, right. of course that's a turning point, whether it feels like a crisis or not. Right. And I am right now imagining there may be some people saying, so you're saying there's no possibility that life continues to be expansive after this? No, I'm not saying that. There are always great creative ways that we can be looking for new elements of learning, new experiences, and all that kind of stuff. Some doors begin to close, though. Yes. That's part of it. That's kind of what I'm saying. I'm feeling a little a little insecure that, you know, somebody's going to be listening and saying, so you're telling me after I'm whatever, pick a number, 45, my life can no longer have any expansion to it? No, I'm not saying that. But for the first time ever, some doors begin to close that will not, like, And for reopen. the first time ever, you're starting to notice that physically you're not expanding. Right. You're not getting stronger. You're not getting more capable and all that kind of stuff. Um, okay, so... So what, what happens? What, what do we begin to look for? And I think that what we're beginning to do is recognize, I think we're looking for intimacy, mm. um, relational intimacy. I'm nervous using the word because I'm afraid people are going to take it in directions that I don't intend. I mean it in the best, most beautiful ways that we have sincere, transparent relationships with people where we can be honest, where we can be vulnerable appropriately so with the appropriate people and where there's this really beautiful, rich thing that happens at the heart level. And you're saying the meaning of life can shift from a primary focus on impact or a primary focus on accomplishment to a primary focus on intimacy, relationship, Mm -hmm. being known, however you want to describe that. And not to the one is not to the detriment of the other. It's almost like kind of a heart 
placement where I can call my life meaningful or successful right. based in something other than an expanding possibilities of success right. or accomplishment or whatever. And they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Mm-hmm. A lot of wonderful stuff would happen when they're both operating together. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like I've said to um, some some associates, I've said this with our board of elders, I have said it in sometimes in our very senior staff team. Um, I'm like, hey, everyone, you know what? There is tons of work to do. But if we're just going to churn out work and not feel a sense that we are caring about mm-hmm. each other and loving one another in the process, right. it's just going to feel so empty. Yeah. And I guess, to be honest, the older you get, the more you do this, the more, um, the more you're sort of able to say if it doesn't have the potential for rich relational mm-hmm. meaning in it, I don't know if I'm that interested yeah. in it. The best of fair is when you can work together with people in great relationally fulfilling, honorable environments, mm-hmm. and impact is coming with that. Um, the work that's coming out of it is impactful and positive and meaningful. So it's the combination of these factors that I think are is a very significant one. But I think when we're younger, we tend to be more driven for everything we have our eyes set right. on accomplishing. And then we're like, really, is this all there is? And intimacy begins to come to our attention in new ways. Mm-hmm. Plus, we may have now had a lot more life experience where we know how to do richer relationships mm-hmm. better yeah. than we would have known how to do them before. And I think if you're just kind of, as we close, if you're in a position where you have realized that either you've gotten kind of everything you wanted and it's not fulfilling in the way that you thought, or you really have to reckon with the reality that you haven't gotten everything you hoped, this idea of meaningful life comes from intimacy gives an ever expanding sort of set of possibilities that mm-hmm. is a reframe for what really matters. And I think that in itself has a lot of hope and joy in it, yeah. um, in a place where you might otherwise feel frustrated or discouraged or despairing. Yes. And I, I'm thinking right now, I know we're wrapping this one up. My guess is there are people who are saying, thank you. I'd love to hear you talk about how. Yeah. How to do it. How to do this intimacy in these healthy, appropriate ways you're talking about. All right. Well, we'll put that, we'll get right to that. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Hopecast is a ministry of Hope Church in Richmond, Virginia. We're glad you joined us this week. If you'd like to learn more, you can find us online at www.hopecentral.com.